This episode is a talk taken from Love Inbound 2019. If you want to register for Love Inbound 2020, head to loveinboundevent.com. Thanks everybody. Um, I am the last person speaking here today. So I am the person who will be stopping you from drinking. So I'm going to try to make this as painless as possible. Um, First of all, I'd like to thank uh, Ricky and Caroline and everybody in the backroom staff for making such a fantastic event that it is today. So can we have a big round of applause for Vicky and Caroline? <laughs> Equally, I've learned a lot from every single speaker that I've heard from today, from Luke, from Robbie, from jo- Joanna, from Terence. I've learned a load of stuff here today. So hopefully you might learn something from from me before we go. Um, I want to talk about the buyer. I'm not going to talk about any product. I want to talk about the changing face of the industry, the changing face of the world. This is me. Um, I head up the UK and Ireland channel program here in HubSpot. So I manage the managers who manage all the partners. I've been in HubSpot, so for those of you who don't know what HubSpot is, it's an all-in-one marketing, sales and services platform which was built on an inbound methodology which I think has been spoken about today. Um, What I'd like to speak about is the changing face of the buyer. The, 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 The landscape has changed. Historically, salespeople and marketers used to have the power. That has changed. Now that, now in today's society, the buyer has all the power, and I'd like to discuss how we, as sales and marketing professionals, can change, can adapt our approach in order to cater for that changed environment. So that's what we're going to talk about here today. If it works. Um, and as I said, Robbie had mentioned this before. Uh, Ricky hasn't said this, and he's right. Um, we have around. 350 HubSpot partners in the UK. We have over 1,000 HubSpot partners in EMEA. Um, Ricky and the team at Digital22 won EMEA Partner of the Year. That's a massive accolade. Bear in mind that I've spoken to Ricky. Um, Ricky started off this business with himself and his wife, was it three years ago? Four, three years ago? And there's 46 people, you now moved into these wonderful new premises. That's absolutely amazing. So, can we have another round of applause for Ricky and the team? Um, So, I'd like to talk about the world changing. We live in an on-demand society. We are spoken about applications and devices and platforms, and we're outsourcing what we do to these platforms, and it's making our lives easier, right? We, we, we outsource the things which we used to do, or myself and maybe Luke and some of the older members of the community here, you may know offense, Luke, used to do. Um, it's now all being outsourced to our devices. And I just want to test that hypothesis amongst the team here today, right? Um, are there many people here who came as a pair? I mean, not as an actual couple, but they came as two people from the same organization, or they didn't come on their own? All of these people here. Can anybody here tell me the phone number of the person they came with? 
Anybody? I have my phone ready to go just to check this out, by the way. No one. Right? Because we've outsourced all of the manual tasks to the devices and the applications. If we want to log into stuff, we use Facebook to log into it. We don't even bother remembering our user credentials to log into something. We use something else. We use a proxy. So we're outsourcing everything that we do to something else. And here's the paradox. All of these applications were designed to make our lives easier. And they have made our lives easier. We don't have to do half of the stuff that we used to have to do. We don't have to remember half of the stuff that we used to have to do. But the paradox is that because our lives are now easier, our threshold of frustration has diminished. So now even the smallest little thing is going to set us off. Right? And I've got some examples of that now in a second. But that's what's happened. We have this paradox where our lives are so completely easy that the smallest thing is going to set us off. And not only is the smallest thing going to set us off, but we have access to social media, and we're going to complain to the world about the smallest thing that sets us off. So this is me this morning. Um, I'll be honest with everybody, I'm not a morning person. Um, but equally, I like my own bed. And Ricky kindly said he's going to put me up in a hotel locally. And I said, no thanks. I'd rather have four hours on my own bed. And I'll try and make it in on the first flight in here this morning. So that was me this morning. Um, I got an Alexa for Christmas. Does anybody have an Alexa? Does anybody have any of these voice recognition tools? Yeah? What does everybody think of them? Good? No? <laughs> Good, bad? So it's brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant. It, it's fantastic. It plays my music. It tells me what the weather's going to be like. Um, it, it, it actually it tells me what ingredients I need to make, what I need to make for my dinner. Um, and it solves and sometimes creates arguments with my girlfriend. However, the one thing that Alexa is not particularly good at is in understanding my Irish accent at 4 o'clock in the morning. So at 4 o'clock this morning, I rolled over, I hit, the, I hit the snooze button on my alarm, and I went, oh, God, right, listen, let's get, a, let's get a taxi. So I said, Alexa, please order me. I said, Alexa, can you get me a, a taxi to the airport, please? Alexa starts playing back. <laughs> Joel, the taxi, playing Joel, the taxi by Vanessa Parody, right? And I'm there going, come on, come on. This is just, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. I can't be dealing with this. Right, so my frustration levels are getting slightly peaked, right? Um, but I go back to the old-fashioned old method, and I pick up the phone, and I ring the taxi, and the taxi man comes, and he picks me up, and he brings me to the airport. Now, I don't know if you know this, but HubSpot is uh, based in Boston. Um, and a lot of the traffic I do, the travel I do, is to, is to the States. Um, and I hadn't finished the presentation this morning. I'll be honest, Ricky, I apologize. I hadn't finished the presentation. And there are a few flaws in it, which I hope you won't be able to spot. However, I, I wanted to fix them on the way over on the flight. Right? But if you take an Aer Lingus flight from Dublin to Manchester, there is no Wi-Fi. Right? And going back to what I said earlier on about small things setting you off, this is what was happening. I was in a steel tube at 35,000 feet in the air, being propelled by two rockets at 600 miles an hour towards Manchester safely. And what was I annoyed about? I couldn't get any Wi-Fi. Right? 
And this is what's sending me over the top. And this is what's sending everybody over the top, these little small things. And this, so this is the world that we live in. We live in a world where buyers' expectations are huge. Small things that we used to take for granted, you know, or the big things that we used to take for granted like are, now, are now small things. And our expectations, going, our expectations from everybody, our expectations from events, our expectations from social media, everything has changed. We have these huge expectations. But the margin for error is tiny. And it's that paradox, that, that disconnect. And as soon as that, we hit this margin, this margin level of frustration, we go on Twitter and we start complaining to social media. So it has never been a harder time to be a marketer or a salesperson. And I've worked in both. I've been working in HubSpot. I was one of the first 10 employees in HubSpot. Um, and I've seen the company grow in certain parallels to, the, to Ricky and the team here. Uh, and I've seen their growth and I've witnessed it. Um, but it's just so hard to be a marketer or a salesperson now. Because if you're a marketer, it, it, there's now more, there's more competition, there's more channels, there's more content, there's more clutter, and it's harder and harder to get found uh, to, to raise your, your voice of, uh, above all the noise in the marketplace, right? If you're a salesperson, which I am, I've been working in sales for the last 20 years, I've lost the power. I no longer have the power that I used to have because the buyer has all the power now, right? All the stuff which was propriety, proprietary to salespeople historically is now publicly available on the internet. So buyers now know how good your product is. It knows, they know how good it stacks up against the competition. They know the pros and cons of it, they know the price of it, and they know your discount policy. So it's never been a harder, a harder time to, to work in sales and marketing. So what has changed? What has changed that has made this life, our, our lives so complicated? Um, buyers now have more choices. And I've listened to a whole load of people speak here. There's more motivational speakers than there probably ever was before. Right? There's more people doing uh, ad software. There's more people doing inbound marketing. There's more people selling telematic systems. There are more people in whatever industry you're in, it is a more competitive landscape. And that's the problem that we have at the moment. We're faced with this huge world of choice. Um, and what's happening here is supply has gone up. So we have more, we have more motivational speakers. And he did a really brilliant job. We have more marketing agencies selling HubSpot. We have more of whatever business that you're in, but demand is relatively flat. Oops, I'm in the way. Demand is relatively flat. Yes, we've seen a bit of a spike, but customers have more choice. I, I believe there's a, there's, a, there's a brewery downstairs, there's a, you can buy beer, it's, it's a bar or whatever, a pub. If we, if we look at the, the craft beer industry as, as an example, I don't know if you always had a great variety of beers available here in, in Ireland. We used to have around four, right? Um, now we have, I think there was one or two craft breweries and there were four or five, and now there's hundreds. And it's how do we, as sales and marketers, get found in that space and work within in that competition. So we have two choices, right? We can either provide a great product, which the law of diminishing marginal returns is setting in on whatever you're selling. Because the competitive landscape has changed, do we take uh, Snapchat, come up with Snapchat stories, and Instagram has it a few days later. Like, what, like the... 
R&D costs are decreasing. So whatever you have, whatever you think separates you from your competitor is diminishing. And as soon as you launch something new, your competitor comes in and emulates it. So it's harder on that particular spectrum to change on the product. What you can provide is an exceptional experience. And that's what I'd like to talk to you about here now, both from a sales and a marketing perspective. So what makes an exceptional buying experience? We asked people, this is based on a 2016 HubSpot report, which is a 2018 refresh. Um, and if you're working in, this is the, the first thing that people asked for was to listen to my needs. We don't typically do this. Either in sales or marketing, sales are notoriously bad for listening to people's needs. I just have a brilliant product and I'm gonna tell you all about it. That's what people do. Um, I'm an introvert, which is terrible when you have to come up here and speak in front of all of you people. So, um, but I like to hire introverts because there's one thing the introverts do that extroverts don't do, is that they listen. Introverts listen more because they're, just, they're not natural speakers. So if, when we're thinking about who, who do we hire for sales and marketing, we need to listen. So people want, 69% of respondents says what they want is they want people listening to their needs. The second point is equally as poignant. People want relevant information. As sales and marketing people, we tend not to give people relevant information. We tend to give them all the information that we have, right? As salespeople, we want to tell them all about how good our product is. As marketers, traditionally, if you're not using an inbound approach, you're using a, a traditional outbound approach, which is a scattergun approach, which means I'm going to blast my message to everybody, ABC1, DEF readers across the, across the marketplace, unless you're doing inbound marketing. But providing relevant information is the key. And that takes time. And that takes time to understand what that prospect's needs are. And it could only be one thing. You could sell a product which has 20 different attributes, but the customer's only interested in one, the prospect's only interested in one. So don't spend our time, we need to do some research at the front end to figure out what that one thing is and present that one thing back to the prospect rather than presenting them everything. Um, we need information in a timely manner um, and we want options over and above what we could potentially give them. So what we're hearing here is that the buyer wants he wants us to listen to our needs, provide relevant information, respond in a timely manner, and provide a range of options. That is what people are asking for. Uh, so marketing needs to change this. And there's three easy ways to change this. Um, personalization, automation, automation, and self-service. So personalization. Everybody wants to feel as if they're getting their own personal experience. Everybody likes getting their name called out. Everybody wants to know that it's only just me that you're talking about. Maybe somebody doesn't like their name called out. <laughs> Maybe that's just because Luke, if Luke knows your name, then it's, well, it could be a bad experience. But anyway, uh, most people like a personalized experience. It just, it comes naturally. And personalization goes back decades. Personalization isn't a new concept. It goes back to when I was going on holidays. Um, and what you used to buy people when you came, went on holidays was a key ring with their name on it. Right? That, was the, that was the beginning of personalization. Right? Now, in all my years of traveling the globe and going to beach resorts with my parents for summer holidays, I never once came across one keychain with Aiden on it. So if anybody can find one with Aiden on it, can you please forward it to me? This has changed now. This, this has happened in the B2C space. 
the concept of personalization in marketing. This, this Coca-Cola campaign from four or five years ago, I think there's a few companies have tried to emulate or, or, or copy it, but the concepts are still the same. It's a fantastic idea that you can get a can of Coke with your mum's name in it, your name in it, somebody else's name in it, but it's personal to you. And that changes the personal experience. Uh, I was thinking about your, your football boots. There's nobody buying football boots like those anymore, right? You get your boots in a different color. You get them in red or green, you get them in red and green, with your name emblazoned across the side of them, right? So here's another example of people doing personalization in the B2C space, right? So it, it, it's a great way for sales and marketers to change that experience and make it more personal to the prospect or the buyer. So the kind of elephant in the room is, well, we sell B2B. This is not relevant to us. I sell nuts and bolts, and as a consequence, I sell nuts and bolts. I cannot make nuts and bolts personal. There's nothing I can do. I'm not going to put your name on them. So if you can't personalize the product, you personalize the experience. If you can't personalize the product, you personalize the experience. Now you can personalize the sales experience at the front end, make them feel special, I had a great experience. Digital 22, they have a great sales process. Or you can personalize the after sales service. But either way, you can provide personalization because what people remember is that personalization, it's that human element. So you need, to, you need to add that personalization. As I said, if you can't get it in the product, add it in the experience. Um, the second thing that people want is automation. When we, if there's marketers in the room, when we traditionally speak of marketing of automation, we think of marketing automation. And that is the concept of, I know you're a lead, I know your email address, I know what pages on my website you've looked at. If you're on Amazon, you've bought this one, so you might be interested in this one. I'm gonna send you an email. Um, any of the e-commerce e guys in the room will understand the concept of abandoned cart nurturing. So that's the whole idea of, of automation historically used to be about providing it when we knew who you were. So why not provide it when we don't know who you are? Because bear in mind that people want, if we go back to, to the, what, what people want, they want ready, ready access to information. They want their, their, their answers responded to immediately. So we can provide chatbots, and there's a load of people here who speak to chatbots. I don't know if you, if you, you see pop-ups on websites all the time. Does everybody think they're speaking to a human being, or is everybody aware that they could be speaking to artificial intelligence? Who thinks they're speaking to a human being? Who, who thinks they're speaking to a, who thinks they're speaking to a robot? Most people, right? But we're getting people this, but the benefits of the website visitor from chatbots, are they, they, they're getting this on-demand, personalized, and scalable experience. So they're getting their information immediately. They're getting it when they want it. And typically, prospects, when they get their information or when they get responded to, within five minutes, have a 300% higher success rate of converting them into a close. So if you're not using chatbots, which are available out there, you're missing a trick. From a sales perspective, from my perspective, chatbots provide me with the ability to serve the customer, but I can do all of this stuff with chatbots. I can qualify leads, I can answer questions, I can schedule meetings, I can get feedback. So this is how the marketing tools which are out there can en enable us to provide that automated, automated experience. Uh, and the last thing is, is self-service. People want to self-serve. People don't want to talk to salespeople. I'm a salespeople. I hate talking to salespeople. 
right? I can't stand it. I don't want, I hate being sold to. Right? I just want to get, I want to buy what I want to buy, and that's it, I want to get in. I want to get, that's my experience, I want it in and out. I think most people want the same thing. Um, all of these people have done really well. The cinemas have get it, you get your tickets, you don't have to speak to anybody. Um, you get your Ticketmaster, Amazon, it, involves, it means that you don't have to speak to anybody throughout the sales process. For me, as an introvert, this is perfect, I don't have to speak to anybody. When I order a pizza, I can get a big, long break and ask the man to leave the pizza at the end of the garden and I'll just pull it in towards the, <laughs> towards, towards the door when I see he's safely left, right? Um, this, if anybody can read it, I don't know what you, this is Let's See, so I don't know if you have Let's See in, in the UK, you do? Um, this was my last order. Um, it was an old school burger, school fries and Coca-Cola. Um, but I ordered it because I had this reorder menu on it. I, I, that's all I had to hit. It's got my credit card details. It knows what I ordered last, so it's reducing the friction. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't even have to thumb through the, through the menu options. It's all there, and I can just reorder what I want. This is a frictionless process. It's easy peasy. So I go back to these guys all the time because I know that my life is going to be made easier. So as I said, this is what the buyer wants. This is what marketing and sales can provide them. Um, so we have to change. We have to change as salespeople and marketers, and we have to adapt what we're doing um, in order to cater for the market that's out there. Um, so it's not about what you sell, it's about how you sell it. That's the real difference these days. And that's, what, that's why people go back to different people, because the world is getting commoditized. The differences between everybody's product is getting commoditized. So what, what, what people do remember are the human experiences and the interactions that they had and how they were treated and how they were dealt with and how easy it was to do business with them, right? So regardless of what you sell, it's not what you're selling, it's how you sell it. And these are the companies which have really simply, if you go back to those three tenets, personalization, automation, and self-service, if we look at how, where, where companies that have refined this, Spotify are the perfect example of a company which provide um, automation, personalization, and self-service, you can do what you want. Netflix are the same, Slack and Zoom in the, in the enterprise space. But what you can see here is that you've, we've moved from these legacy things which involved all of this friction, involved all of this human interaction, and all of the problems that can arise during that space. And now we've moved all the way over here. And this goes back to what my point at the start, when life is easier, but equally it's more complicated. And finally, What's the, what's the, what are the similarities between all of these things? What's changed? Oh, legacy stuff was available nine to five. You've got chatbots. You're open 24-7. Your website's your best, your best asset. Ricky will tell you that. Most people think websites are there to, as a brochure. Here's, my, here's, what, here's what my website does. Here's what we do. People are always, I presume people are asking for website redesigns all the time. What's the point in getting a website redesign? It's like having a business in the Sahara and nobody knows where it is. What you need is you need a lead generating machine. You don't need a, a, a fancy website. Um, all of these tools are free and quick and easy to start. There's freemium models in all of this kind of stuff. You can introduce freemium into whatever you're doing at the moment. Um, the personalized experience, as I said, it can be done at the front end. And, and we, we advocate inbound sales, and that's a totally different conversation, but it's Inbound marketing was a less intrusive way of doing marketing. Inbound sales is a less intrusive way of doing sales. 
salespeople and marketers are really low down on the pecking order of people, who people trust. Um, but if you personalize that experience, you push it, push it back. And the most powerful thing to any salesperson in the room, if there are any salespeople in the room, the most powerful thing that you can ever say to a prospect is, this may not be a fit for you. Because every prospect out there has been used to being sold to. I ring up, what do you sell? I wouldn't be interested in buying what? Oh, well, well, let me tell you. It's unbelievable we do this, this, and this. Right? If the first thing you said was, oh, listen, then what you do? I'm not sure if you're a fit. Suddenly, the guy's taken aback. He's disarmed and far more willing. So you, in order to bring people through the process, you, have to, you, need, you need to show them the exit. I think Christian spoke about applications which were easier to get out of because we, we wanted to tie people in, right? So historically, we made it hard for people, easy to sign up, but hard to get out of. But what we found is that if you make it easy for people to get out, more people are more likely to get in. And it's the same, that's a marketing trait from a, from a sales perspective. If you ever turn around to a prospect and say, listen, Mr. Prospect, I'm not really sure if we're for you, I guarantee you'll get a much stronger response. Inbound is the philosophy on which this is all built. Um, and everything that I've spoken about here can be performed um, on an inbound basis. You don't need to use HubSpot for it. There are other platforms out there that you, that you can use. HubSpot's just one of them. Ricky's got a team out there. If you do want to use HubSpot, Ricky's got a team. He's the best, they are the best team in, in, in EMEA. So if you, want to, if you want to learn more about it and if you want to implement any of these strategies, have a shout to Ricky. Um, so I'd argue that with the tools that are available to us at the moment, and if we adapt what we're currently doing, there's now a, it's now a better time to work in sales and marketing. It's never been a better time. And that's it. You can now go for your drinks. Has anybody any questions? Or is everybody yeah, too, yeah, too we've thirsty got five to... minutes for any questions. Thank you, Adrian. Anyone want to ask a question? Not too tired. Luke. It's just the age joke that you put towards me, Aidan. I thought I'd come back to that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, seriously, you spoke about websites there. I just missed. Did you say website is the best or not the best form your, of. Your website is your best salesperson, right? Because your website's open 24 7, and that's where your customers are. Yeah. So, and equally, your website should be a lead generating machine, it should not just be a website. Most people are concerned about a beautiful website. Um, that's what they're interested in. They, they want my website to look good. I, I have a website. I'm not happy with it. I want to spend 20 grand to make my website look better. That's like redesigning your website in the Sahara Desert. You have a far nicer, nicer uh, restaurant, but no one's coming to it. So if I, was gonna, if I had a website and I wasn't happy with the look of it, I would just I'd turn it into a lead generating machine. That's what Ricky and the team are here for. But it is your, it is your biggest salesperson. It's open 24-7. It's open when you're asleep. And people now are accessing websites at all different times. So, yeah, it's your biggest asset. Thank you. You're welcome.